0: everybody, Susan Finch here with another episode of All Volunteer, All Heart from Binky Patrol. And I am back with Russ from Little Bricks Charity. Little Bricks Charity purchases or gets donated however they can. They gather up as many brand new Lego sets to take to kids who are stuck in hospitals, who are bored, who people come visit them and don't know what to do with the kid because the child is sick. It's like, well, they can come together building Legos. They don't have to talk. And it gives a child something to do to create. And so that's why I thought he was a perfect person to have on, because he has built this charity from the first brick that he ever donated. Yeah, it's like right down there. (laughs) Yep, inspired by his daughter's call to action. When she heard of a charity called Fairy Bricks in the UK that had a whole bunch of Lego sets stolen that were set for delivery. And she said, Daddy, we have to do something. So Russ, welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me again. I really appreciate it.
0: Last episode, we were talking about you know what it was like to get started and some of the things that you wish you had known back then and your high recommendations. And one of them included using a real online accounting type of system that you could eventually, when you have the budget, bring your CPA and your accounting, whoever's helping you with those things yeah. to keep track of everything and to see your spending, before you get too far, but I love that you also said there are free classes for accounting programs everywhere, because yeah. the software companies want you to learn it. Explore those first look up the classes for nonprofits because it's very specific and i'm going to give you another tip everybody, if you are actually going down the path to set up a 501 C three get your number and then register on TechSoup Yes,
1: I was just about to say that.
0: They saved. Us so much money in yes. software from Adobe to Microsoft to QuickBooks to everything we use that we could not have afforded otherwise. Their partners cover it.
1: Yeah. TechSoup is like that hidden gem that I don't think a lot of people know about um, when they first start out. And I, th- I think everyone finds out about them by like their second year at least. Yeah. And you're like, oh, why wasn't I using this? I think you told me about TechSoup I did. um very early on. And we have a full Adobe suite that we use. We have the full Microsoft Office package that we use, as well as Google Drive, uh, my Wix website. The list goes on and on, including our accounting software, which now is QuickBooks. So the QuickBooks Online, there's actually... An awesome course through QuickBooks Made Easy through uh, TechSoup as well, which guides you step by step on how to set up your books. And for, for a nonprofit,
0: you know, I mean, it's specific to yeah. nonprofits.
1: Oh, it's specific to nonprofits. And not only is it specific to nonprofits, but it goes off into like, hey, if you're this type of nonprofit, yes. you'll want to focus on this. If you're this type of nonprofit, and uh, accounting is one of those things that. I've owned four businesses, for-profit businesses before I started Little Bricks. And every single one of those I've learned accounting for like the state that I'm in. Right. But even with that knowledge, the way you track your money and the way uh, you you look at your financials is more program-based and it's it's just not the same style. So getting a quick refresher, going through a course like that, it's gonna take some time, you know, it's but it's an it. hour here, an hour there, and by the end of two weeks, you you know the
0: software. And you have to do it, everybody, because it's really yeah. hard to go back and correct it all and to go back oh, and man. input bad habits. So yeah. do utilize those communities too to ask questions. Communities are a great place because people have come before you. That's another big thing. You also yeah. talked about documenting everything. And that you have now you are partnered with 32 different children's hospitals, I believe.
1: 33.
0: 33. And each one of those is, in a way, a case study that you should document. Yeah. We first heard about it on this date. We met with the key stakeholders here. This is what we've done. We've made XYZ deliveries on all these dates now, and documenting that story for each one each partner, each strategic partner, each event is a great way to build credibility. But for also for you, and if you expand and can bring other people on, they can catch up quickly on what works and how.
1: I unfortunately, while I do document to that level, it's all on a video plane, right? So when I document, um, my documentation is like a social documentation where I am posting everything we do every We day. Uh, we've, I've got video of everything because I am documenting this journey for YouTube and for TikTok and things like that. So I have this like visual representation as well as my email log. I think one of the quickest and easiest tools that I have found is... And this sounds really basic, but is a great filing system for my emails. Like I know where every single email is going back to five years. I know what folder it's in. I quickly search it up and find yeah. it, pull and pull up that whole chain. But I definitely think as far as like your financial side and your planning side, knowing when the seasons are and uh, knowing when I'm going to need funding, because it, it is, it's I have talked to so many different nonprofits, and everyone's fundraising is seasonal. Everyone, everybody, it's, like this, it's just this, different this types this of way. seasons,
0: but yeah. it is. It um, depends and, on what they focus on.
1: Yeah, and after a few years, you're going to get used to the seasons. Like, yes, yes. there might be some minor not- modifications, but usually, it's it's within this like 90 day window. Um, you know, you're going to get this from this or this, from this event or, you know, whatever, knowing those seasons is definitely a lot easier when you're documenting everything down and, and keeping track of it. I keep close track of all of our events and our point of contacts and things like that. um, I utilize like a CRM uh, to just kind of keep track of the relationship that I have with these people. So next year, if I want to do something again, I like have all these amazing notes. Uh, You know, I talked with Amy. Amy's awesome. She wore a blue sweater with these great flowers that you complimented last time. Small details and good things like that truly help when I want to go back and do something fun or ask for a testimonial or or present a new program or something like that.
0: Suggestion too for those, the video links and stuff that you have, why not add those links into that CRM as it relates to each of those places and people?
1: That's a great idea. I don't do that. I'm doing that today. Thank you, Susan.
0: Yeah. But to me, that's an easier way to, you know, I don't know if you can tag it, but to make it as simple as possible. But once you post it, just to be able to tuck them all in there because then it's like, here are the 25 things we did. Yeah. For this hospital.
1: So one of the things that we're trying to do right now, and it literally starts with this trip, is we are editing the whole entire trip into one long-form video. That one long-form video is then being broken down into, probably 20 short form videos. Yes. Uh, and our goal is to create a delivery page for every single delivery that we do. Yes, definitely. So that will yes. actually house these videos. You'll be able to click on, Hey, here's our future schedule. And here's where we've been. You click on one of those and it opens up and it's just like a, 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 a digital story. scrapbook yep. of, or, or timeline. Exactly. Of, of the event. And it really does, it shows the full impact because I tell somebody, hey, I deliver Lego to children's hospitals. They're picturing me driving up, dropping off Lego, driving away. They're not picturing the 20 hours gathering Lego, stickering it, cataloging it. They're not thinking about all the cool people we meet in all the different restaurants and different events yes. that we hold. they're not thinking about all of the local vendors and the local families that we go to their house and interact with their children one-on-one. They're not thinking about the build time. They're not thinking about the five full days of activities. Um, but when I go, Hey, go check out this delivery on my website and they see all the stuff I just did in their city or all the stuff I did in someone else's city, they now want to be a part of that. They want their city yes. story told. They want their hospital story told. And it's that it's that story that the and and it's it doesn't even while it benefits us in like clarity, it costs so much more in time to create that. Um, then really its value is its real value is for the cities and for the hospitals. So when you bring that added value and you can present it in a way where they see that as an added value, uh, it definitely makes all the cogs move quicker. Um, I'm not going to say it opens doors quickly because uh, at least in my world, I deal with hospitals and there's a lot of red tape you got to go through, but it definitely makes things go much, much easier.
0: So, everybody, here's another idea though. And Russ just brought it up cities and hospitals, but cities have city grants. And if you are partnering, if you are saying, well, I'm a national organization, they're not going to help me. Yeah, but you're benefiting the kids there. So, if you are doing that and you can apply for those grants specifically to benefit the hospitals in that city, the organizations in that city, the people in that city. They're going to be more apt because you are going to have these stories to be able to show as your proof. This is what we did last time in Chicago. This is the last time that we did in Poughkeepsie, you know, whatever that is. And you have that story that's like, oh, so this year we would really appreciate some help because we have more kids and we don't have enough Legos. If you helped us, we can do that. Yeah,
1: and this is them. why I love Susan. I literally <laughs> just wrote that down. Um, I it's not something I've been looking for, you know. And that that is, I uh, maybe a segue I, I'd like to bring up. It's something that I wish I knew in the beginning. Is is funding? Like, you know, there are so many different ways to raise funding, and I think I chose. Probably the most difficult way. It's, I would say the most glamorous, but it's definitely the most difficult. And that is like grassroots community based fundraising. While grants are very time consuming, I thought from the very beginning, I was like, bullheaded, I was like, I'm gonna make this work. I did not realize the power of grants, or appreciate that value uh, until just literally just a few months ago, I highly, highly suggest no matter what you diversify the way you have funding coming in. So,
0: and there are grant sites that you can register for like a hundred bucks a year or something to get notifications of the grants in your state of national ones. you pick the states you want. Also through TechSoup, there's grant station and they have a discounted service through them too, through TechSoup because you're already vetted that's why they trust you and you just looking into that and you can try it for a while and you can always say "Nee, that's not for us or I don't have the time to do it or the skill but keep it in the back of your mind because they can help you through a lot of those processes so let's t- you know I want to talk about writing and tools and different things yeah the one, the one thing with nonprofits is you know especially little ones like us, like Binky Patrol we don't have the time to write as much as we should, and the writing is what triggers everything for everybody to find us and telling our stories. And so these long, all these videos that he does, Russ does a ton on um, TikTok. I mean, crazy, and on Instagram, those are his favorite places, and then Facebook. And Where he also needs to be focusing, though, is LinkedIn, and I've talked to him about that, too, because that's where you find the strategic partners.
1: Yeah, we've done a lot on LinkedIn, actually. So uh,
0: strategic partners are things like companies that do our matching for donations. Who does employee matching? What system do they use? Are they using...
1: Yeah, so Benevity? I have found that every time there's like an employee match um, and that always comes from like my community. So right. first off, if you don't have a community, you are not going to get your name out there. Like you have to build a community. That That is key, whether it's through... Social media, like however you do it, whether it's in person, you need a community. But oftentimes I have actually I think there's like six or seven of them out there that I our nonprofit is signed up for. Yep. Um, and every single time there's an email that comes to me and it goes, hey, an employee from XYZ company yep. has nominated you. Please fill out the form below. And I always vet the place first because you never know with a right. nonprofit email, but after I vet it, it's always worked out and we fill out the forms and three to four weeks later, we, I've gotten anywhere from like a small check of like $37 to like a large check of like $1,800, which I consider right. a large check. And
0: how oh, I do too. I mean, for us, yeah, like man. over 300, it's like, woohoo.
1: Yeah, man. Um, You're like, this is going to change something. But you know? the so. other
0: opportunity is for events. And so I do remote events. Because we are visual like you are so we can teach people how to make blankets and stuff they can have team events in different locations. And everybody making them at the same time or the same day when they have visiting vendors and different things they can have events and all those events are matched hours and they usually will donate the materials for the event.
1: So I also have a different type of fundraising event that we do where I'm a certified professional of the Lego serious play method. Oh um, so yeah, so this is like a fun way to utilize Lego brick to problem solve with your hands and it's a great team building exercise. So we like offer these services to our corporate partners in exchange for donations and things. It's like part of our partner package. So we offer these incentives that bring them together, that bring our community together, And uh, it really opens people's minds into what what we do, but also like what the thing we're trying to use, the Lego, right? Right. It, It can do. So there... Uh, A community member in, you know, someone in Little Bricks Nation is much more apt to help more and want to donate time or money or just share a video or something like that. Right. If They've actually utilized the Lego. Like the moment they see a kid be affected or the moment they're affected, they're like, wow, I get it now. And I think the same goes true with your, you know, your blanket movement is, you know, you get them moving their hands, you get them making it and they get to see that tangible thing that they're giving over it's epic it really really is
0: so these are all great ideas everybody we've given you some pre-work to do before you officially launch your nonprofits, and that is the accounting the research who's in your space who is already there and how are they having success are you going to be fighting them for resources sponsors etc can you improve on what they're doing can you learn from them can you have them as a complementer rather than a competitor where you're in similar spaces. I know, you know Project Linus started the same month that I did in 1996. And they took it in a different direction. They focus on children with cancer. They focus. They had you know staff immediately. They had all these things happening, which was very different and a different mission and philosophies than I have. So they do their thing, and they're great. And I'm sure we have people that they think I'm too chaotic and loosey goosey, and they go over there because they want the structure and the accountability. I get their people saying, we don't want quotas. We just want to do this when we can. Yeah. And I welcome them.
1: You know, I feel like a question that a lot of people need to answer before they even begin that process is, what kind of impact are you wanting to make? Are you wanting a nonprofit that's national level? Are you wanting mega funding? Or is this something that you plan to just work in? a few hours here and there, or, you right. know, is it something that you just want to keep local because all of those things have different components involved uh, whether it's hiring different team members or different types of teams or, uh, you know, having to reach out to local businesses, like all of that really hinges on like, what is the end goal of the nonprofit in five years? Where do I want this organization to be?
0: and uh, But you can change that too. You can say I want to start it this way. And then in three years, I want to review it and see if we're ready to go national.
1: We actually, while the national level has stayed always like passionate or true for me. Like I this my goal right now is to hit every children's hospital in the US. And I've got three years to do it. So we're gonna that's how we set our measure. But we have changed four times now. We started out delivering Lego exclusively to children's hospitals. COVID happened. We had to pivot and we delivered Lego directly to these kids through TikTok. And then we got a little more funding. So we pivoted again and we opened up both programs. And now that we have access to new ways of getting Lego, we are able to Change our way again and change our direction again. I think you have to be fluid in all aspects if you're going to run a nonprofit, uh, especially so if, yeah, if you don't have like a a steady or a massive amount of money influx of money right out the gate. Right,
0: right. So if you were to give three pieces of advice for somebody wanting to start a small nonprofit, what are the must do, must, 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 or a hidden gem that you wish you had known?
1: So I think the very first thing is it's going to take a lot more time than you think. Realize that right out the gate. Um, And is this something that you want to devote that time to? Because if you don't, it is going to sit stagnant. And if you don't want to devote that time, there are many small nonprofits out there that can use your help. Find right. one that's doing something similar and maybe you can pull, pull a smaller role and make a bigger impact that way. So definitely think about it before you go all in because once you go all in, you're you're in it and you need to be. The second thing that I would suggest is build a network of uh, friends and colleagues. Running a nonprofit right now is... Uh, at least for myself, and I know most small nonprofits out there is a very isolated thing. So going out and doing networking events or just getting your name out there and building a network of other nonprofits and other people trying to do similar work has helped me so much. Uh, People like Susan here, they have so many amazing tidbits that you're going to pick up and use those tidbits, use them. The final thing is flex, man. There are way too many nonprofits out there that don't throw that 501c3 out there. Flex it. Be like, yo, we're a nonprofit. Be proud of it. You know, We are affecting people in big ways and we want your help. Flex it and ask. If you don't ask for money, it's never going to come to you. I thought from day one, I was like, somebody's going to hear my story and they're going to come knocking on my door and they're just going to have a check for $250,000. It still hasn't happened to this day. Um, (laughs) So we've raised the $250,000. Well, not quite, but we're on our way to raise the $250,000, but it's been a much longer and arduous road, but I'm learning not just to ask, but how to ask and who to ask. I think- Asking could be a whole nother episode. It could be a whole series. because, um, yeah, yeah, it really is one of those things where the way you ask someone and the timing and all of that really does make for a successful partnership.
0: So I want to throw out there too, and we're going to do this in another episode with Russ. We're going to talk about boards and the value and power of having oh, a yeah. board. Yeah, and not just a board and name, but an active board that actually helps you get stuff done. And yes, some boards get paid. But when we're in the positions like we are, no, yeah. you're not going to get paid. No. But we're if you could devote five hours a month would be huge. Somebody at that level of a board of, you know, that has connections that can talk about your charity, they can add it to their website, they can add it into their things, they can have an event. There are so many ways a board can be involved in addition to the advisory capacity so we're going to talk about that in another episode we're going to talk about ways to ask in another episode russ and i are going to start doing these like every other month these recording sessions so we can start to give you more ideas and you can learn more about the successes of little bricks charity
1: let's go and failures honestly i got 10 (laughs) more failures And I'm more proud of most of my failures too. I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the season.
0: Terrific. If everybody wants to find you, they go to littlebrickscharity.org. Yeah. Check us out on YouTube or TikTok, Little Bricks Charity Guy. And you'll start to see more on his website because he's going to start documenting more things so that people that don't have the time to watch videos all the time can just read through it really fast.
1: Who doesn't have time to watch a (laughs) video?
0: I do not. I love your stuff. It's like, I I don't have the time to go down this rabbit hole today. So, (laughs) but I can read through your stuff quickly and see bullet points quickly. Yeah. And then if I have the time, I'll click on the link in those bullet points to go watch the video that he's talking about. So that's how we do it. We cross document. We use everything we can 19 different ways. Oh, and I started to say too, one last point, go use chat GPT. I'm Just do it. It's 20 bucks a month for the paid version. It's worth it because you never have to wait in line and it um, will help you write things.
1: And ju- we'll just be careful now because um, with the new Google SEO, you need to take that ChatGPT context and use it as an outline and you need to remodel it. Uh, uh, definitely.
0: Oh no, it yeah. is not a verbatim thing, but for me, yeah. I use it for transcripts. So if you guys have yeah. videos, yes. you can get a transcript, toss it in there ask it to summarize to give the five key points what questions were answered what would you do for a headline let it help you with the heavy lifting of writing and you can just refine it it will save you time especially when there are just two or three of you
1: and you can use zapier to pull the audio from a youtube video into a transcript automatically That will be automatically to ChatGPT if you have the paid version. And that will then all be emailed or copied and saved and emailed to you in format automatically uh, through Zapier Connections.
0: Who are they using for their transcripts?
1: Actually, there's like seven or eight that you can use as long as you have access to them.
0: Because it's AI transcripts or are they like human transcripts?
1: No, they're AI transcripts. Okay, so
0: just again, something to be aware of, folks. The biggest problem with AI is the spelling of names company names terminology jargon and acronyms you want to make sure that it's all accurate because otherwise you will be embarrassed make sure you run it through one more favorite tool grammarly pay for grammarly let it run through if you don't have the time to do this and you don't have a writer on your staff get some help because it's better than just doing it by yourself
1: i also find that it's easier for me to proofread if I'm pulling audio from a video, if I just throw subtitles on the video first and I'll watch those subtitles as I'm talking it out, and then I'll copy and paste it over, make any changes there with subtitles, it seems to to capture things pretty well. CapCut right. is amazing for that.
0: Fantastic. Those are good tips. Those are good tools. We should make a list of all the tools every nonprofit should have and make that a blog post. <gasps>
1: that's a long list yeah but
0: i mean we've come we you and i've covered about 10 of them in this episode yeah i know so yeah i'll do that all right i'll put that on the binky patrol site too and link back to you (laughs) check it out all right russ thank you again for being a guest for your time
1: yeah absolutely
0: what a joy to see you and i love hearing about your successes as little bricks charity keeps growing this has been susan finch your host for all volunteer all heart from binky patrol Go to binkypatrol.show to catch all our past episodes, find us in all your favorite podcast apps. We look forward to sharing stories of other people trying to make a difference in the lives of others by volunteering. This podcast is sponsored by Impact for Good at impact4good.com. Impact for Good is the one source for bringing community service to your next event. Exciting and engaging team building activities are just part of what they offer. Let them identify the best cause or beneficiary to support, manage the donation logistics, and bring the spirit of community service to your group. From your initial request through the day of your event, Impact for Good handles all the details. Be sure to visit them at impactforgood.com. That's Impact for Good.